going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition number 51 of Joe vs. World. My guest today is a true friend of our little program. He's the host of the Dr. Keith Lipinski Show, found only at F4WOnline.com. And the meatloaf of podcasting, I give you Dr. Keith Lipinski. Keith, how you doing? Wow. I, I, I wish I had a musical accompaniment to bring me in on Bat Out of Hell, but sadly... I, I do not. Uh, hello, everybody. It is I, of course, Keith Lipinski, Dr. Keith of uh, Old PPH and Dr. Keith Show fame, which, of course, can be found right now. As a matter of fact, brand new spanking episode came out today, a road report bonanza with only three Kiss references in it. So you could tell nice. this is going to be something that maybe 12 people will complain about. All right. And I, I call you the meatloaf referring to the singer and not the, uh, and not the meat because uh, – Meatloaf, the, the dinner, a little bland, perhaps, Dr. Keith, not so. I, I, I was hoping because I, at one time, was extremely chunky, had long hair, and would pass out after four-hour PPH bonanzas, but that's besides the point, Joseph. Did so, you say chunky? You know, I, I, please, it was bad enough keeping that boy away from chunkies over the weekend on the right. road report. It only came up twice there, so. Okay. So. Uh, by the way, before we start this, I, I'm very honored to be the first guest of the second 50 shows for, of course, Joe versus the uh, world. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's the name of your show, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Just making sure. All right. Sometimes, sometimes things change real quick, Joe. You know. It does. It, it, it's just it's it, it's it's life, man. <laughs> that's right. All right, where should we start? Why don't we start with The, the Condemned? And uh, Episode 52 will be dedicated all about this movie. I have seen the movie. I managed to make it just in time before it was pulled from my local theater. Wow. Uh, seemed to be pulled as the credits were rolling. All I saw was Scott Wiper's name, and uh, that was it. But it uh, did, didn't do so hot at the box office there. Only made about four mil last weekend. That was less than See No Evil in the Marine, their opening weekends, even though... Uh, the Condemned was in more theaters. Uh, Keith, do you have any theories about why uh, why things didn't pan out? You you talked to to Stone Cold Steve Austin, the star of the film. Maybe you have some extra insights here. Well, I, to me, to me, the reason why possibly the movie you know didn't do so hot was the fact that you know a lot of people sort of at least maybe in the wrestling community took the you know good reviews that they saw at first and thinking, wow, this might actually be a hit. Maybe I don't need to see it right away, you know, before it gets taken out. I mean, I, I don't think anyone expected it to do any worse than the movie with the guy with the burnt penis and the big sodomy hook or, you know, you know, I think people expected, I, I think people were maybe expecting a little bit of a longer, you know, film. And then when they saw the bad reviews, they're like, hold on for a second. All these people in the wrestling community are saying they're saying it's a good film. Yeah, it's a good film compared to, the two other pieces of WWE <laughs> filth that have been out there. So comparing that to that, sure, it's going to be a good th- film, you know. And, you know, I'm just for, – for me, I, I, was, I was sort of surprised, but apparently it was an extremely weak, weird and weak week at the box office. You know, people yeah. sitting there, people camping out for the big Spider-Man 3. They don't have time to see a movie of Stone Cold running around the jungle, sitting there fighting – Nathan Jones in a climactic battle that ends any the way every single Nathan Jones match should have ended by epic execution. Oh, I'm sorry if you didn't see it. You'll want to rent the DVD, folks. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems to me that that this film. I mean, I, I enjoyed this film. I did not never would never sit there and say, yeah, this is without a doubt, you know, the best film I've seen all year because you know the the if if the Second part of Grindhouse was a little bit better. I mean, it would possibly be comparable to that. 
I'm kidding, of course. Okay. The last one. But, uh, but uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. The fact that the movie bombed, I mean, what, I mean, WWE definitely seemed to try and put a good foot forward. They actually gave it to reviewers who lambasted it. The, the Chicago Sun-Times, the paper that I read, just because it's easier to read on the Chicago L, actually gave it a two-star review, which was the best review I saw for it, huh. and they just basically complained about the end. But they did mention the fact that the WrestleMania price for the pay-per-view was the same price as the condemned streaming. So, and, then, and then when I hear people talk about the, you know, more, you know, the ramifications of the film and the fact that, you know, like the death penalty and all these other things. And I, I just think, here's a film that's done by the WWE that's making people think about the death penalty. Something, something is right in the world. Yeah, that's true. I don't think uh, The Marine or See No Evil, which I haven't seen. I know you, I, I believe you read the uh, adaptation. Oh, no, it was that Kane's book. I actually have read both books, and I'm very – I'm probably like one out of five people right now that are listening that could sit there and say they actually read both books. And, you know, I, I had a lot of free time back in the day, Joe, to read. Of course, I know that the book only came out last year, but, uh, yeah, both, both, both not so good. And, of course, I got to see the movie, and I actually got to see people actually walk out of a free screening of the movie within <laughs> the first seven and a half minutes. So, you know, no one did that for the condemned. I mean, keep in mind, Stone Cold Steve Austin was, like, in the back row yeah. watching the film. And, and can you imagine <laughs> that? If you just sit there, like, 12 minutes into it, you're like, oh, I can't believe Austin <laughs> used such foul language. He's feeding vermin. I mean, I got to get out of here. And then you look, and there's, like, Stone Cold with, like, his hunting jacket on and everything else. And you're just sort of like, okay, I'm just going to sit he's down like, here for a while. So, he's like, you yeah. know, can this will not be anywhere the blockbuster the Titanic was, obviously. No. But uh, it's a WWE film, and you know maybe they'll recoup it in you know in DVD because it seems that DVD it seems that these films are more targeted to that, and it seems like they're sort of straight to DVD. They get a nice week or two in the theaters, and then bang, mm. there you go. Yeah. So sadly, this this uh, probably derails any plans for the big screen adaptation of Big Apple Takedown. Well, and you know what? That's the greatest shame of them all because yeah. that book, that book, if any book deserved to be a movie, that it's that. Besides the positively paid story, as completely done by sock puppets. <laughs> you know, and uh, sadly, the uh, the remake of Jerry Maguire with uh, Ken Kennedy and MVP, which I uh, have envisioned, will never come to. You know, now. you know, I, I think I think MVP and Ken Kennedy complete each other. So, and that was a great SmackDown storyline love drama. From uh, December, I believe, of 2006. That's, That's right. Really, not a lot of people got, but the writers were real subtle about that. Well, PSA does a really good job of the uh, gay subtle bleed. That's right. Well, last time we had you on, uh, we were discussing Wrestle Society X, which was about What's to start. That? Um, well, that that was uh, a show on MTV. You wanted to discuss mm-hmm. some some memories of uh, WSX. Why don't you Why don't you tell the people what you have to say? Oh man, what a way I, I could talk. I mean, how how long do you got, Joe? I mean, I know this is a you know, uh, lost short is on show. in about uh, an hour and a half. So oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll make it brief. Uh, it was fun. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I actually I actually finally got to see the final episode, the final cut of the final episode, maybe like five days ago, and uh, it just it just brought back a whirlwind of fun times and great memories, and just I. I, you know, no matter what happened with the show or what will happen with the show in the future, because it's not necessarily dead kids, 
I, I'm just very happy that I was actually part of something. No matter how good or how bad it was, I, I, I got to fulfill my, I'm not going to cry, my dream of actually working and writing on a professional wrestling show. So no matter what happened, I guess I accomplished that. And can you tell many people have told me this since MTV basically uh, decided to uh, not care about WSX anymore? I, I, this, is a, this is a speech I've, I've, you know, well, at least you got to use it. And it's like, you know, I was watching a Saved by the Bell a few days ago where, you know, Zach and Kelly had just broken up and Screech said something to Zach of the fact of, you know, it's better to be dumped by the best looking girl than to have not been dumped at all. And, you know, it's sad because it seems that all my friends got their advice to tell me stuff about WSX from this episode of Saved by the Bell. So, wow. you know, and then I see, you know, Samuel Powers on some like, uh, what do you call it, the Celebrity Fit Club, and it just blows my mind. But, uh, you know, I, I, my, my favorite memories, uh, the, the last show that we did, it was the longest day that we spent taping, and, uh, you know, we had people waiting outside a very, very long time as we set up the Piranha Tank of Doom. And when I mean Piranha Tank of Doom, I don't mean that's a fancy, like, catchphrase or anything like that. Literally, there was a number of fish that did not make it to the actual taping. There was a number of fish that were brought in for the taping. Of course, you know, we, we signed them to, had them sign off. MTV had to, you know, approve, screen the, the fish. And uh, some of the fish just weren't ready for, you know, because you know, being on television, that's a lot of pressure for humans. Think of what it's like for fish, Joe. That's true. It's, it's really just, it's agonizing, it's torturous. So there was, there was a point where we were hoping to get, a, get filming as soon as possible, not because we really wanted to go, which we did, but because we were worried about dead fish. Wow. So, uh, and I, I just remember, I remember the Planet Tank match. I remember it being all kinds of fun, and I was very surprised how excited the crowd was and just how jazzed they were. And, you know, sitting there coming from a background where I watched a lot of, like, FMW, mm-hmm. like, back in the day, and that's, that's like, you know, I started off watching a lot of, like, New Japan and All Japan and then going to, like, the garbage and deathmatch stuff and sitting there and thinking, how the hell is this going to go over on MTV? And then just seeing people, not necessarily wrestling fans, just enjoying the shit out of this match. It was it was very, very cool, and the match actually turned out pretty well, actually, on, on the, the tape that hopefully will be released someday in the near future. So, uh, And the Exploding Cage match, uh, they, uh, it, it was a weird match because it wasn't your normal Exploding Cage time bomb death match, Joe Gagne. It was, uh, Different. It was a match. They had a scaffold above the cage, and, uh, you know, it's Exploding Cage and, uh, you know, Electrified as well. So we had to sit there, and I, I, we're talking about this match like maybe two days before it happens. And I, I, I brought up a point. Well, if the whole cage is electric, how are people going to be able to climb the fence to get up to the scaffold in order to hit the plunger? So uh, that, was a, that was a time where it was good actually having me there because the announcers actually mentioned the fact that only two sides of the cage were actually electrified, but the the wrestlers do not know which sides it was. Ah, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. And and that match turned out to be, you know, again, the crowd was heavily into it. And I, I was there. I mean, I, I could hear this. I mean, 
I don't know if it was sweetened or not for the television audience that never got to see it, but uh, it seemed like they, they had a great time. And I just remember running through that in rehearsals, and I was up in the announcer's desk with, uh, I think it was uh, Jimmy, young Jimmy Jacobs mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Eric Cannon, and uh, there was a part where Teddy Hart went up there to do a, you know, a beautiful flip off of the scaffold onto everybody. And he went up and uh, he grabbed one of the railings for the scaffold, one of the things that was holding, uh, not necessarily holding it up, like sort of like a little fence for it on the side. Mm-hmm. And the thing sort of gave out on him. And he almost fell, you know, a, a great feat while trying to get up on this. And uh, I just remember him holding on and getting up there and just, you know, getting down on his knees and praying and thanking God that uh, nothing serious happened to him because that was sort of, you know, we, we sort of got rid of that uh, that safety precaution right <laughs> after that. It's so, a good, it's a good but, thing uh, but, he uh, didn't fall off there before he could jump off that uh, high place. Yeah, well, you know, well, the thing is, when you're falling off of it, it was just so unexpected. It was sort of like if you're sitting there, Joe, and you're sitting there climbing up a ladder, yep. and all of a sudden you reach the top ladder, and all of a sudden it pulls away. It was sort of reminiscent of the uh, Chris Benoit-Jeff Jarrett ladder match, where, of course, that dastardly New World Order, the silver and black, had actually rigged up a ladder so Benoit could not climb it and hence stay underneath the glass ceiling. Oh, now, there you so, go. But, uh, no, I mean, WSX was one of the greatest yet craziest weeks of my life. Uh, the five hours of sleep I got over the eight or nine days I was there filming were uh, some of the greatest hours of sleep I've ever gotten. And it was just a, a fun time, and just it was, it was just great being involved in the creative part of a wrestling show. And I'm just sorry that, uh, you know, basically just, we, were, we, we had a bad time. And we had a bad network, and uh, you know we thought the network would support us, and they didn't. So, what are you going to do? I mean, the good news is the fact that I think as of next month, the show goes back to Big Vision Entertainment, and I know that they're working right now on getting the DVD rights to the first season, and hopefully can release that as well as you know bonus stuff, maybe some totally uncut matches. Maybe a maybe a little document doc, you know documentary on the explosions involved with WSX uh, and hopefully uh, you know commentary by yours truly. So I was going to do, even if they don't officially release that, you should do that yourself and uh, record commentary cool. in podcast form so people could listen and uh, and you could dish dirt. I mean, it's just you, you don't really realize how much stuff is behind a wrestling show until you actually do it, but you know. You know, now that I've actually stepped inside the ring, I can talk like I know what I'm t- doing with, when it comes to this business. Even though sometimes, as you can see right there, it's hard for me to form a complete sentence. Yeah. I look but, forward uh, to your you know, transformation into Ole Anderson. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I plan on being more bitter than Ole ever was. Sweet. So, you know. But, uh, no, I mean, I had, I had so many good times and so many, you know, so many great memories that really they could fill up a book or possibly two or three episodes of Joe vs. the Volcano. But, uh, you know, I, I think when all is said and done and you look back and you look at the people that chose uh, at MTV that chose to put us on against ECW and the people that decided the moves that needed to be do- done with WSX on MTV's part and the fact that they've all been sort of gone or let go from MTV, you know, I, I think that might be saying something. And I, I think there's an audience for it. I just think the audience, 
needs to be aware that there's something cool out there. So now, are you uh, too hurt by MTV? Will you ever be able to watch The Hills or Two a Days ever again? You know, I, I don't even know if they're bringing Two a Days back. I mean, wow. the ratings that they got towards the end of the show were just like, I mean, because they, because as of our lead in, I mean, I knew a lot about these ratings and. Uh, uh, you know, back in the Monday Night Wars, when I was doing a small little newsletter called the LWN, uh, I would, you know, every Tuesday would be, you know, let's refresh to see if we got ratings. Let's refresh if we got ratings. That was not as half as bad as just waiting to get an email from MTV about our ratings and just, you know, every time I got that email, sort of wanting to just, you know, crawl in the corner and cry. I remember you... Uh... You you had contacted me after you got one of those, and I could the sadness was palpable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously, uh, my life suffered greatly. Uh, no, not it, it didn't really. It was just it was just more frustrating than anything else because yeah. when you create something, you know, that you that necessarily isn't heralded as genius, you know, you want to see it. You want to see it become successful. You want to see people like it, or at least you want a network that's sort of committed to it that doesn't necessarily want the big ratings right away. And I think, I think, I think part of it is the problem with television right now where, you know, programs necessarily aren't given the breathing time to sort of grow and develop where, you know, it seems networks are too, you know, trigger happy right now to cancel stuff right away for five minute internet sitcoms. Yeah. It seems like why even bother start watching TV if it'll be, it'll probably be gone in uh, two weeks. That's why Joe, I, TV's your friend. Well, it's been good to me, you know? I'll say that. Joe, TV has been great to each and every single one of us. I still respect TV, even for the harm that it's done me. And I will, you know, I'll occasionally watch the real world when I want to see people that live in a real world that is so different from mine or most mm. people's I know. And, uh, you know, I'll still watch The Hills because, you know, I think deep down, each and every single one of us wants to be a blonde 18-year-old female that works for Teen Vogue. Hey, why not? Wait, you had a newsletter? I, I, I at one point I had a a nice little newsletter. Uh, it was not good at all. It was basically <laughs> the, the, let, let me let me tell you the preface preface this. It was uh, I did this from like '96 to about uh, I think 2001 is when I gave it up. Really? I mean, it was it was sometimes daily, sometimes it was weekly. Uh, it was just, you know, it was basically let's cut and paste stuff from wrestling websites that my friends don't know about and appear smarter right. than I actually am about the business. In the meantime, I would also give my thoughts and commentaries on stuff. So, oh, this, you know, wasn't, was, this wasn't was, a print newsletter. This was just an email newsletter. Oh, okay. This was basically, this was basically, hi, I don't really like my job. I have lots of free time. Let's let's do something with that free time. Let's surf the internet and look for wrestling stories. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, it was. I I I've, I've never. I mean, I, I've done writing on wrestling, but uh, it it just takes too damn long. Really. True. I mean, it's you know, I I I, I liked every time I've done it. As a matter of fact, I was very happy to do a write up on the Ring of Honor show that I saw over the weekend, just because it's been so long since I wrote about wrestling and. Uh, you know, it's something that, you know, I hope that I can do a tolerable job at, so. Yeah, it's a lot easier to talk about wrestling than write about it. Yeah, totally, totally, because I can just talk, talk out my ass about wrestling, like I've done in the most first 20 minutes of this. Plus, uh, you know? spelling... I haven't even told you any of the dirt behind WSX. Oh, really? Know? Like, and there's, there's dirt to be had, man. Oh, man. You know? Uh I'll just, I'll tell one dirt story, okay? Okay. Uh, 
I was I was one of the main people responsible for getting the guys from the lovely swank Beverly Hills hotel that we were staying at to the set. And uh, you know, you're dealing with professional wrestlers, professionals being the key word. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times we were supposed to meet in the lobby at uh, at eight thirty, which is you know an early time for those that don't have nine to five jobs. Uh, anyway, there was one morning where everyone was there, but uh, one man. And the one man had given me his cell phone number just in case uh, he was not uh, at the place at the designated time. So I call the cell. Nothing's there. So I'm like, hmm, this is sort of odd. So I get his room number. I decide to go down to his room, and I start knocking on the door. So start knocking on the door. and I'm knocking on the door for like a minute, Joe. So I'm like, oh, this is really, really weird. Uh, I see the cleaning ladies in the hallway, and she's cleaning the room right next to his. And I'm like, excuse me, can you give me the phone in that room? So I get the phone in that room. I call the room number that uh, I'm supposed to be waking up, and I'm also, uh, I also have my cell phone on me. So I basically have two phones in each of my hands, Joe. I have one phone calling this person's cell phone, the uh, house phone calling the hotel room, and, of course, I'm using my legs to try and kick in the door and just try and wake this person up. I do this for about five and a half minutes. No luck whatsoever. So I call in, and uh, I, I'm told to go back to the, uh, go back to the house of, uh, of pain that we were filming the studio at. And uh, I go there, and I find out uh, ten minutes later that someone else was there. They got the hotel security. And uh, they eventually had to break down his door, open up his door, and and pull this man out. So, you know, it was just it's 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 always striking to me the visual of me with two phones, wearing shorts, just trying to kick in this door to wake this person up. And you know, more importantly, I was very unsuccessful, and that sort of saddens me because I always thought my kicks were really good. Well, that's quite a tale. This person wasn't in yeah. dead, did they? Because that'd be a really uh, thankfully awesome. they're still living. Okay, because that would make it into so, like wrestling Babylon or something. No, totally, totally. You know, but oh. uh, you know, what can I say? I was very happy with the crew and a lot of the fantastic guys that I met, and uh, I can't wait to play with them uh, during softball season. So, All right, uh, we're actually we're actually uh, named the Sid Vicious, oh. the Sid Vicious Memorial Softball Team. Uh, I think it's uh, going to be Tyler Black on first, maybe Cannon on second. Uh, Matt Seidel, if he is back from Japan, will be pitching, and uh, Jack Evans will be catching. So, oh, actually, Teddy Hart would be catching in that case, but uh, we don't have to go there. But uh, we can climb up the uh, backstop and jump off onto the umpire. Oh, totally. <laughs> hey, he was he was a pretty professional dude. Every time I. I you know, would have to deal with them in business circumstances. <laughs> but then, but then when he sometimes would corner you and talk to you about the wrestling business and his thoughts on things, it was just. I, I usually have a nice little digital recorder on me, you know, not so I could you know tape conversations like Sean Stasiak, but just so I can you know just in case I have any notes or any thoughts. But there, I, I didn't think I would have enough you know, memory. I, I didn't think I could actually get him to stop talking for a second or two. So I go, excuse me, let me get my recorder ready so I could tape you saying this. So that's too bad. But young Patrick, I, I miss him. So yeah, well, 
Final word on WSX, I will say, you can say you have worked in the wrestling business and you have come out with no injuries or crippling addictions uh, unless you count chunky candy bars. That's far well, that is not my addiction. Okay. I have no addictions at all. The only addiction that I had actually was the fact that I was totally used to, you know, going to work and actually enjoying my work day huh. and uh, also enjoying, you know, craft services. Ah. The fact that, you know, if any time that I wanted, you know, any time that I needed coffee or green tea or anything at all, like I could enjoy it. So, and, and of course, Hopefully, coming soon with the DVDs, you'll get to see Keith dancing. So Sweet. that alone is, is definitely going to be worth the price of admission. Well, well we know uh, Big Vision Entertainment was not quite done with you yet, as uh, you had sent out an email a couple of months back saying you were going out to L.A. to interview New Jack for a shoot interview. And I presume you are you did uh, survive the, the encounter. I'm not talking to a ghost right now, but uh, please elaborate. Wouldn't that be something if you actually were talking to a ghost? That'd be a little like, scary. The whole thing. That like the last few shows, that it's basically I've become like the internet wrestling media version of Tupac. Oh, you know, it'd, it'd be like an M Night Shyamalan like, film. <laughs> He's a I ghost. Like the Tupac analogy a little bit better. Oh. You know, that, that's just me. That's all. I the, the Lady in the River sort of soured me on his work, but there uh, you, go. you know, uh, you know, yes, I, I, as you could tell, I, I survived, and uh, New Jack. New Jack is a fantastic human being. Uh, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed my time with him, and I found him to be, at times, one of the most delightful, humorous men I know. At other times, uh, just feel that he would turn on you like a rattlesnake. Uh, I hate to use the Jim Ross analogy here, but it was quite fitting at times with him. Uh, I knew it was, it was it was a fun time. I was very nervous, of course, you know, not knowing you know, what to talk about with this man. Because I had seen, you know, shoot interviews he had done with our video where he didn't want to answer a lot of the questions mm -hmm. where he, you know, just wanted to have a good time. And, you know, of course, you know, when you think of good times, you think, you know, Mike Sempervivi, and then you think Dr. Keith. And uh, so I, I was sort of worried about that because I, I sort of wanted to sit down there with him for a very long time and talk so many different subjects, you know, so many different stories, ECW and everything else. Uh, he didn't want to answer anything that he had answered before in any previous shoots. So huh. it basically turned out to be a conversation between Keith and New Jack. So he told he told some new stories, some stories that I had never heard before that were pretty pretty amazing. And he's just uh, he's he's an entertaining fellow. And you know, I I, I had fun with him. And uh, hopefully the DVD is going to be out around uh, my birthday, uh, which is going to be August of of the summer. And uh, you know, keep in mind, folks, that hopefully we are working with the people that actually uh, did the illustrations on uh, one of Joe's favorite shows, Blind Dates, mm -hmm. and uh, to actually put little cartoon captions in there to show my comfort level at certain points of the interview. Uh. So, you know, and, and, and I have been pushing, of course, for me to do commentary, like director's cut commentary on the shoot interview just to tell some other stories that were behind it and just just to show like, whoa, look you could tell you could tell right here I'm sort of nervous because I'm whiter than I'm usually am. So <laughs> but uh, no, it was actually it was actually quite fun hanging out with New Jack. We got to spend some time together. We got to uh, drive around the beautiful parking lot known as Los Angeles. We got to go to South 
central LA with New Jack. We got to have a nice little picnic lunch with New Jack. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of people, of course, he burns. But uh, overall, I found New Jack to be uh, just a. I, I think I think New Jack is a misunderstood, pretty nice guy who you know just occasionally, every once in a while, sort of rages against the machine and uh, everyone around him. But uh, Overall, I, I liked hanging out with New Jack, and it, it, when the shoot comes out, you'll see that uh, even he got in a lot of licks towards me. Yeah, so, I, I, I was wondering what what did New Jack think of you like when you showed up? Was he like, I don't know, maybe he, did you show up in a Dudley Boy shirt? I guess is my first question. I I, I actually had the old school Bubba Ray uh, tape glasses in the middle from Slapshot, <laughs> and uh, you know. I actually, I actually wanted to go dressed up as Mustafa, but you know, I, I didn't think that that would work out that well. Uh, New Jack thought I was, you know, thought I was pretty damn sexy and entertaining. So, no, New Jack thought I was a cool guy. The weird thing is, we had uh, there's a guy in Chicago that we both know uh, by the name of P.L. Myers. He runs uh, PCW, this promotion out here, okay. and. Uh, he, it was like one of those things where, you know, I mentioned, oh, I know this dude that you might know, P.L. Myers, and New Jack starts laughing because P.L. Myers is, he's tried to get into WWE a number of times. He has a book apparently coming out where, uh, I don't know anything about his book. It's about his time in wrestling and everything else, but the book actually has like seven or eight people doing forwards for it. So I think actually the book might be a book of forwards for a wrestling book. <laughs> And anyway, I've, 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 I've always talked to this guy. I think Paul is a pretty decent guy. I, I don't necessarily like the promotion he runs or anything like that. But, uh, you know, New Jack was like, you sort of remind me of PL, which is basically the worst, you know, it, it, it was almost an ultimate insult. Like, I sort of wanted to pull the car over and fight Mr. Jack. But, of course, I would never, ever, ever consider doing that ever. So, you know. Because even after all this time, you know, I don't want to say New Jack scares me, but Joe, New Jack scares me. So, yeah, well. but he was very, I mean, just just a, an overall nice, accommodating guy. I do. I wish I got some more stories about you know, ladies of the evening. Yes, sure. but New Jack, New Jack was in love when I was talking to him, so he wasn't going to necessarily talk about that kind of stuff. Do I wish, you know, was there any deadly hate stories? No, because he is totally cool with the Dudleys and Paul Heyman now. So when he mentioned that before we started shooting, I was like, oh, crap. You know, like, but there's definitely stuff to talk about. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot of times, a lot of times I find the older veterans of the sport, when the, before they're getting ready to do interviews or getting ready to do things, they sort of want to know what the purpose is, where, you know, doing wrestling audio shows like I have for so long, Joe, I'm just happy to have a per you know, I'm happy to have a person on and just to talk about all sorts of things where, you know, not a lot of people ask, why are you having me do this? Yeah. You know, like, or what the purpose of this is. But a lot of times these guys necessarily think about it and actually think a little bit more about what they're going to say because they don't necessarily want to do anything that will start something else or give someone some credit that they don't deserve. Mm. Like New Jack told me beforehand he didn't want me to mention like one or two things. And I necessarily didn't want to mention those things either. So, you know, <laughs> where, it's a, where it's sort of like he doesn't necessarily want to give credit or, as he said, put this person over, you know. Because even by me asking him that question, that's me putting this person over. Hmm. So, 
you know, I, I, I had a, I had a blast doing it. Uh, you know, I don't think, I think me and Wade Keller styles of interviewing are a little different. Might be the oxymoron of the century. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think given New Jack and given the topics involved, I think we had a good time, and I think we're actually going to have clips of other shoots that New Jack has done on this. So it'll be more of the complete New Jack package. Uh, doing time with New Jack, as hosted by Dr. Keith Lipinski, uh, probably August of this year. Look out for it. And you know what? Uh, you know, Christmas is coming up shortly after that. So. Oh wow. Are there any other uh, interviews on the horizon for you? Uh, we're we're looking into one or two big ones right now. So you know, I, I I of course enjoy staying out there in you know lovely California. Uh, you know, my wife enjoys me going out to California. Sometimes taking her along with. So you know, they they put me up in a, a very lovely lovely hotel, and uh, there was actually a uh, at the time New Jack and I stayed at the same hotel. And there was actually a uh, like a grammar school cheerleading contest that was going on close by. So it was like the hotel was it was right by uh, Hollywood Boulevard, and it was you know like there was regular types of people there, but there were a lot of young girls flogging around in cheerleading costumes. And of course, you know, New Jack and I just sitting in the uh, sitting in the lovely, lovely, very small. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the front of the hotel, the hotel lobby, and just sitting there and trying not to crack up giggling. So, okay. Sadly, you... that's not on the DVD, folks. But oh. if you want to see New Jack and I go to South Central, that will be. So, when you were talking about I'm... the cheerleaders, I was reaching for the mute button, but thankfully it was uh, that was much better than I'd hoped. And how was uh, South Central uh, LA? You know what? It's been gentrified. Even oh. even New Jack said it. I see. You know, I, I, you, you'll be surprised. You know, I, 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 I didn't think it was that bad. Keep in mind, we were there at four o'clock on a Sunday, so oh, well. you know. But uh, no, it was, it was, it was a, a, a enjoyable time, an enjoyable experience, and uh, I'd be happy to, you know, drive New Jack around anytime, as All long right. as he doesn't call me Sweetie Pie. Yeah, that's a, a good ground rule to set, but. Hey, it's a ground, good ground rule for everyone, sweetie pie. That's very true. Yeah. So there's that mute button. But uh, on to some breaking news. We're going to discuss some Ring of Honor right now. And big announcement today. They said that... Huge announcement. Yep. They are headed to pay-per-view on July 1st. Uh, the show today will be taped in New York on May 12th. What do you think about this? We don't know We don't know a whole lot right now. But uh, based on what we do know, what are your early thoughts? My early thoughts is the fact that I, I actually proved to several people I can keep a secret for a few days. Oh, so that's you're my first and foremost thought. Uh, my, my, my first thought is this is fantastic. This is a great, great step. I'm just very curious to see how this will change ROH for the long run because it seems that the maybe the fan friendly. I, I, I sort of worry that the fan friendliness of the promotion might sort of be a little different from now on. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I think the organization, and, and going to shows for our, to ROH for the last five years, I've seen the organization, you know, go through several changes and, you know, of course, become bigger and, you know, always enjoyable. But uh, I, I think pay-per-view was the next natural step for them. Hmm. And I think I think it's, it's a plus, and I just hope – you know, part of me sort of wants them to do the TNA concept of doing the low price pay per view. Yeah. With the, uh, but I want it to be more than a 
penny. I want it to be like a nice nickel. <laughs> a nickel of a nickel of honor, perhaps. Nickel of honor. You know, like I, I, I think I think Joe is a is a big ROH fan and a man that enjoys anything that involves Morishima. Uh, I'm I'm going to have a glorious time covering these shows because I I'm just such an ROH fan. Uh, it's I don't get to go to a lot of shows, but every time that ROH is anywhere around the Chicagoland area, I make sure I'm there front and center, especially with my shirt tucked into my shorts. So just in case I don't. You know, I, I don't want to be exposed again. That's that's you good. Know. And uh, the, the, the it cost almost, price. It almost, it almost happened on Saturday. Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. But um, as far okay. as the, the price of these pay per views, I mean, they can't charge more than twenty dollars because that's that's the price of a DVD you could get for it. So, right. I mean, if these are, I, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think I think the the cost of them is probably going to be between nine and twelve dollars. That's so be a good you know, uh, but but when you think about it, they're going to have to you know. Like I mean, already their their lighting setup is pretty you know top notch, mm-hmm. and uh, their ring the the wrestlers seem less dirty from it uh, over the weekend. So I mean I I think I think they're going in the right step with this, and this was ne- necessarily the next right step to do because I think they realized that you know to do ROH on television, even though it's been done before way back in the day, you know is isn't necessarily the best option because the way ROH matches last that means wacky commercial breaks and everything else but who knows maybe this maybe this leads to them getting on television i don't know i think i think this is good also for the fact that a lot of these guys are going to be signed to pretty decent uh two-year deals yeah that's that is good because roh has that problem where their their top talent always gets um plucked away by either tna or, or wwe and you you know you have that problem where you can't really compete but hopefully this will allow them at least to keep a foothold on some talent right now. But, I mean, we know what, I mean, overexpansion kind of did ECW, and I kind of, I mean, I, I hope they've learned from the mistakes of ECW back in the day. It seems like, you know, with a low-priced pay-per-view, they're hopefully approaching it the right way. I, I, I think I think the comparison to ECW is pretty, pretty good, Joe. But you have to remember this, it's, uh, you know, I think if you remember ECW back in the day before they were on pay-per-view, it was a lot of tape. Uh, it was a lot of you know tape business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like if anything, ROH has its shit together when it comes to you know distributing and delivering tapes. Mm. You know, so and I th- I think the ROH core is has the same sort of loyalty to the product that an ECW does. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some great great stars in Ring of Honor today. But, I mean, the main reason that people go to these shows is possibly because they know the product that they're going to get yeah. and the type of matches that they're going to get, you know, where, you know, even at the end, ECW, you you were having a good time, but you're sort of like, oh, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't that good, you know. Oh, boy, ECW Anderson, Tommy Dreamer, another match. I hope he cries. By the way, anyone that complained about Tommy Dreamer's promo from last week, listen, did you watch any of the last year of ECW? Oh, you I'll, I'll do you one better. Did you watch the 1995 ECW? His promos weren't yeah. that good back then, especially when he was right next yeah. to Cactus Jack, and he's cutting these overall promos, and he's going to sacrifice Cactus at the altar of Terry Funk, and it's like, ah, how did you know? And I mean, but at the same time, that's like getting mad at the Sandman because he's a bad wrestler. You know, it's just the Sandman. That's just Tommy Dreamer. I, I was getting upset at Sandman for being a bad promo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just sit there, fucking drink a beer, smash it on your head a few times, take your cane, smash it on your head a few times, and that should be your promo. That's it. You know, smoke a cigarette, man. Get a, get, a, get some fucking nicotine in you, boy. 
you know? Yeah. Probably a dream where I had to sit there and deal with, you know, you remember, remember when Beulah got 3D'd? Oh, and God, yeah. Do you remember the locker promo? <laughs> I do. There was a promo for those kids out there without the benefit of flash photography or the benefit of watching ECW hardcore television or regular ECW, as I like to call it. There was a promo that Dreamer did where they showed all these clips of Beulah and stuff like that, and Dreamer was talking, and he was talking next to some lockers because obviously he was at uh, ROA, I mean ECW High School. And uh, he started talking about Beulah, and then he did like almost wedding vows while smashing his head repeatedly into a locker, you know, and good times and then bad, smash, in sickness and in health, smash, and death to his part, smash, and Dudley's, smash, smash, you know, it was, it was, it was like one of those things where, you know, I, I liked the angle, I thought the angle was cool, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to Tommy Dreamer crying, yeah. you know, I, if anything, that's bringing back more old ECW than we've seen on that program in a long time, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, but, uh, that's, to, I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I just had to rant about that because I was just like, you know, wow, they're actually trying to sort of be like old ECW once. Yeah. Anyway, back to a uh, ring of honor. You were at the Chicago Ridge show, Colt Cabana's, uh, last night with the company before going to developmental in WWE. Uh, how'd the night compare? I know when CM Punk left, uh, it was a very emotional night. How'd this night, uh, compare to that one? It, it, it didn't necessarily have the emotional impact of the punk leaving show mm-hmm. because uh, I, I think one of the main reasons why is because punk was such a big, you know, I think honestly punk was a bigger name in Chicago than Cabana was. Sure. And that, that's not a slide on, on Cabana. That's just, that's just the way Chicago worked. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, punk, you know, Cabana, one of punk's best friends and one of his best opponents, but, I mean, it was basically, you know, Punk was one of your main guys in ROH. And just, you know, just the kind of guy that he was and the kind of the way that he treated the fans and the people that he knew where it sort of felt like, you know, it sort of felt like, wow, we've actually, you know, Chicago has helped create this guy and made this guy who he was, hmm. you know, where it was, you know, where there was definitely some sort of Chicago connection there where, you know, Colts from Deerfield, so it really doesn't count. No, it just it just was I wasn't as much for some reason or another. And I think I think it's because another factor why that could be happening is because we're used to saying goodbyes to guys here in Chicago. I mean, yeah. we had to say goodbye to Samoa Joe, his last American ROH show for the time being was here, and you know, Punk, as you mentioned, I mean, Punk was just you know, it was perfect. You know, he he came out to, you know, a Bouncing Soul song that was about saying goodbye and all this stuff, although he should have came out to the uh, Saying Goodbye song from the Muppets Take Manhattan, which always makes me cry. Uh, And, you know, he came out with tears in his eyes and got in, and there was this huge, huge streamers, and it just, it looked really, really, really awesome. Cabana comes out with uh, the guy that does his music rap in front of him, and, uh, you know, and that that might have actually sort of killed it a little bit. No, wow. I'm kidding, Paul. Paul the, guy, the guy that was in front of him, I know, and he's a good guy. But, uh, you know, it was sort of like one of those things where people had another, like, punk-like moment with the streamers, and Cabana hadn't even gotten in the ring yet. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think the crowd, the crowd was used to saying goodbye. They were confused about the Christopher Daniels stuff earlier on in the show, you know, and... Uh, 
you know, I, I, it, it didn't have the emotional impact, but the the speech he after the show when he was talking about how he did everything in ROH and, you know, really put over Brian Danielson and put over the company, put over Kerry for, you know, saving the company. You know, he he did such a good job with that speech and talking about if anything happens in the future, you know, he'd you know, possibly like to come back and win the title. I thought that was pretty cool of, of him. And, you know, um, I, I for one, gonna, I'm going to miss him because, uh, you know, when it comes to – I don't want to bring up WSX again. When it comes to WSX, that was – some of my favorite stuff to work on was the stuff that I worked on with him, you know, yeah. including stuff that will hopefully be on the DVD that sadly never got to see the light of day for one reason or another, uh, including the infamous, uh, wonderful, uh, Matt classic at the movies skit, which Aww. is possibly the, the best thing I think that we did all season long. Oh, well, so I have some, uh, other notes from the show here from you. you, you it says Daniel's leaving TNA and I hope he didn't, Leave that because I don't know where else he's going to work since he quit ROH two that night. No, no, he's he's okay. He's, it, it was it was it was a great promo, Joe. It really, really was, and I I think a lot of it was because of you know just feelings that you know wrestlers sometimes get when they're around wrestling fans that mm-hmm. think that they know absolutely everything. And of course, we're on a wrestling show to talk about how much we know here. Isn't that funny, Joe? How about that? But uh, no, I, I I think I think a lot of it had addressed. I mean, because. If you read, I think I think Brian's newsletter actually mentioned the fact how Daniels has sort of been a lot quieter recently, and you know all sorts of things. And you know to the fact of you know here's a guy that you know is you know really done a lot for Ring of Honor. I mean, when you think about the first ROH heel, it's this guy. Yeah. You know, with the prophecy, with the you know that 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 stuff was was pretty pretty fucking great. And. Then B.J. Whitmer joined. No, wow. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, for all that, and it just it just felt, you know, everyone always says, like, the best promos are the ones that come from the heart and have some shred of realism in there. And that promo totally felt very real to me, at least, where it was sort of like, you know, it, it reminded me sort of of the Cactus Jack, you know, promo where he said just basically, fuck you, you know, you don't tell me how to dictate my match. And then he added in because it was serious one two three kick. <laughs> so you know Daniels of course did not do anything to make it serious, and uh, it was just it was an awesome awesome thing to see just because you know he just he just felt like well you know I've done everything for this company you know I don't necessarily need to be here, and it seems like that you guys are you know starting a war that's not necessarily there. So, and you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, this is something between TNA and ROH, this is something, something between ROH and TNA, and then, you know, like 10 minutes later, I, I ran into someone uh, in the bathroom, and, uh, well, I, I gave them some money, and they told me the truth, so. Oh, wow. Uh, you always find the best stuff at the ROH bathrooms, but, no, I'm that. kidding, but, uh. But uh, yeah, it was it was a, a fantastic promo, and I, I'll miss them. But at the same time, the guys that uh, Cabana and Daniels have done a whole lot for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot in Ring of Honor. I don't know necessarily what was left for e- each of those guys to really do. Yeah, you know, I didn't necessarily see Cabana versus Morishima being a five star classic and Colt winning the title. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, of course, you know my Morishima love. And uh, Barlow's Morishima love, more importantly, was brought down a little bit, even though he had an awesome match with Shingo. 
He just came in with his with his T-shirt, his ROH T-shirt, no cowboy hat and no awesome fur pelt uh, jacket. So what's the point? I pretty much you 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 see the way we see this. So, oh well. But uh, oh, yeah, what are you gonna do, John? Yeah. You know, he's going to be headlining the pay-per-view soon. I'm yeah, not going to be headlining the pay-per-view soon. Advantage, Morishima. So damn. who's he going to face? I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how that card is. I wish, damn it, I wish I knew about this in, well, more than advanced in like three days. Yeah. So I could possibly be one of those lucky ones in New York City for the at least the taping of that show because, I mean, that, that, should, be, that should be a very, very fun show. Should be. So. Unless, unless it has, like, the pay-per-view lighting of uh, Hardcore Heaven 97. Well, that so. would be bad. But Next, you also had uh, Delirious uh, attempting to strip me again and attempting to steal my notebook. And you, you spelled steal S-T-E-E-L. So I, is Delirious an alchemist, perhaps, and meant to transform your paper into metal? He, he, he actually, he actually he is a scientist, and he knows what he's doing. So... Uh, no, I was, of course, uh, delirious winning, winning the first match of the, of the night uh, in a very nice six-man six uh, with a bunch of the Chikara guys, and it was an awesome match. And Delirious is about to, you know, go to the back, and he points at me, and already I'm like, oh, fuck. So I sit there, and I do what I can to take my T-shirt and actually tuck it into both my my uh, pants and also my boxers. Yes, I did a double tuck just to make sure, you know, tighten up my belt and everything like that. So he comes towards me. Well, first of all, he points at me like Hogan almost, like you. And then he motions like that he's going to pull my shirt up again. And you know, I'm I I I am not known for my manly physique or my lovely chest hair. So. Of course, I did the double tuck. He came towards me and tried to pull, but he was unsuccessful. And then he grabbed my notebook. And uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind if he did a Vampiro Dave Meltzer and threw my notebook into the crowd. But the problem is I'm, I'm going to be going on my National Lampoon's European vacation with the wife in August. And uh, most of her notes on Europe are, were in this notebook. So the idea of doing this for comedy was I had no problem with that. However, I should have brought a stunt notebook. Yeah. And then I would have no problem at all having him sit there, tear pages out of it, eating it, or doing whatever Delirious would do with my notebook. But, uh, you know, it, it, consequently, later on, as uh, the main event, the Cabana, uh, Pierce match was about to start, uh, Shane Hagedorn, who, you know, is still very distraught of losing the top of the class trophy, came by me and actually tried to spit his gum, actually take the gum out of his mouth and wipe it on my notebook. Jeez, so he, He's on my fucking list right now. Well, wow. You know, I talked to my good friend Mark Briscoe, and he's going to have a talk <laughs> with Mr. Hagedorn and make sure that this shit doesn't happen again. Yeah. So. What's it, what's, and Bobby Dempsey. Bobby yeah. Dempsey sits there. You know, of course, the, the larger of the Dempsey brothers, of course, you know, hmm. probably he ate his brother Derek. But, uh, you know, he's being he, – they're actually doing something nice and old school right now in Ring of Honor where Tank Toland is telling us how he's like a fantastic fitness coach. They're doing sort of like a Simon Dean, but I'm really, really enjoying it probably because there's no Segway scooter or, or whatever they call those things. Sure. And uh, anyway, he had, uh, you know, supposed to be Sugarfoot, Chicago's homeboy, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Chili Willie, which is probably the 28th ECW reference I've made on this thing, so I apologize for that. But uh, 
he was facing Sugar Flitz and Tank Tolan came out and he wanted Bobby Dempsey to take notes. And Dempsey comes out of the ring and he's right behind where I was sitting. And I, you know, just tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, do you want to borrow my notebook? And thankfully he, he, he chose not to, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think he read my review and that's almost just as good without having to deal with my chicken scratch like handwriting. Ah, I see. So, well, but, uh, Good times, very good show, and of course you can check out f4wonline.com for the second edition of Keith and Bill on the road. Yes. How did the uh, Chikara guys look? Heard they look good. Uh, Chikara guys looked awesome. They they were they did a nice ten minute match with like Delirious, who's worked for Chikara before, and Pele, who I don't know if, if he's worked. I don't think he's worked Chikara before, but he didn't seem to do that much in the match and. It, it seemed like a more of a Chikara style match than an ROH style match. I mean, there were some very good high spots, and everyone looked pretty good. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of the Chikara guys a, a lot. I mean, I like I'm, I'm I love Akuma's look. I, I think Hollow Wicked is an underrated worker. Uh, the fact that we got to see Incoherence talking in the ring where Delirious was. We actually lately, I don't know if you've been noticing this, he's become a lot easier to understand what he was saying. Either that or I'm just possibly still concussed from my experiences in the wrestling business where I can now understand delirious ease. Hmm. But, uh, or delirium, or, or delirium. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it seemed like I could understand what he was saying when he was talking about how wicked in the middle of the ring. And he was like, all right, a mask, mask, black, green, you know. And so I could sort of tell. And then later on, he actually came out and he cut a promo. And I could actually understand what he was saying for 10 whole seconds. Whoa. So, Heavy. you know, I could sort of understand. I think he talked for 45 seconds. I could understand No Remorse Core, uh, Roderick Strong, Ricky Romero, <laughs> Davey Richards, and then uh, June 23rd, which is the next uh, ROH Chicago Ridge show. There you go. So, yeah, right. I, apparently they're not going back to the Frontier Fieldhouse, which sort of is sad for me because – of course, I wanted to seriously ride my bike to an ROH show oh. because that's very close to where I live. But, uh, you know, I, I, that, that place was sort of interesting. I was watching the DVD of, of that show from the Fifth Year Festival, and I'm very happy you can't hear the soccer whistles that were going on in the company rooms. So Yeah, I remember um, at the, uh, the Weekend of Thunder, the Jushin Liger shows, we were also in a large sports complex. And that you would hear, you know, people would be wrestling, you hear, Eah! like that it's like did a american dragon get a yellow card for uh what he's done for stalling for, for being stalling boring? are you saying american dragon's boring joe no i because already already i'm feeling the message for it hate from you no you know? i would like to say that i'm hopefully causing you to think this no. so even though i'm i am a huge brian danielson fan and i can't wait to see him back in the roh ring and uh you know danielson kenta two in chicago uh on june 23rd but uh I'm very, uh, to me, ROH, uh, it's going to be a big day for them on June, uh, on May 12th. So yep. I, I'm, I'm excited. Are you going? Uh, they're in Connecticut the night before. Will you be there, Joe? I'm hoping to go there. That'll be my last chance to see him for a while. So I'm going to try to hit that show if at all possible. And also, are you, are you, are you, enjoy, are you enlisting in the Foreign Legion again, Joe? No, not, not yet. Okay. Give it time. And uh, also, Chikara running in New England in July. I will try to be at that show as well. So not only can you see Chikara, you can possibly meet me if you're at that show. And well, there you go. What there else you go. And, and uh, nothing, nothing else. Have you, have you checked out the pod review yet, Joe? 
I have not yet, no. It's, it's fun for what it is, huh. you know. If you ever wanted to see a shirtless Wiggly, uh, this is definitely something to check out. Okay, I'm never uh, buying this, sir. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm canceling it, going it, to the car show. It's worth getting because they do some, you know, they do the top five moments, and then they do, like, little interviews that are done along with it with this really great music. So I would say it's worth the $2 to spend just to hear this awesome music, yeah. Joe. Plus, it's like, it's 2 bucks. You can help Jakar out, and they probably need some help. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. Even though they do not give Ultra Mantis and the Neo Solar Temple their just desserts, or have Chuck Taylor do a promo, because uh, right now I'm... I'm I don't really want to say in love. I'll just say I'm giddy over anything Chuck Taylor does because him and jo- Joseph Ryan at the IWA show had a fantastic comedy match. A comedy match so great where you could actually hear Barlow and Midas staying on the road report when they actually do some wrestling maneuvers. Ah, I see. So you know I that's poke war, Joe. I poke war. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. The fact, the fact that uh, Joe Ryan gets out of the ring to start berating a, a small child and then Chuck Taylor goes out of the ring and starts berating the same small child. So it's it's it was fantastic, fantastic shit. Sounds like a winner. All it, right. it, it is a winner. <laughs> Our last topic, uh, hustle, hustle problems, I guess you had referenced on your last show. Well, well, you know, I'm I'm falling in and out of love with hustle because, as I've mentioned on the show, I mean, hustle was always about wacky, crazy gimmick. Yep. And it just seems that they've sort of lost their idea to generate new and exciting, wacky, crazy gimmicks. Uh, they tried something today with Kentaro Katamura becoming some sort of, like, uh, sexual predator. Not the guy from <laughs> the that, figure four online boards, kids. But uh, although if, if it was him, can you imagine how awesome that picture would be? No, they, they've, they've put in Katamura and uh, I forget the other guy. They've given him these, like, masks on top, and one of them was, like, sexually harassing a, a young hustle girl. And huh. uh, I, I saw the pictures, and, you know, I, I I just would rather see him doing the Brief Brothers dance and possibly trying to bring back the HHH trophy, the Hustle Hardcore Hero trophy, which is obviously the only replica belt I would get of anything whatsoever. So, you know, it, it, it just seemed to me that the only thing that they've created this year that I've been remotely interested in is singing Kawada. I mean, I think everyone that was on the Hustle Army now is on the Monster Army, and I'm really, I, I don't know who's booking this now, but I think the whole thing with DSC and everything else and the Hustling Business Bureau, I think they they need to work what they have right now and actually sit there and work on some sort of game plan because it's reminding me more and more of TNA. Mm. And then when you compare Hustle with TNA, there's definitely some sort of problem there. The world has gone wrong. Yes. All right. And, and, and you know what? And, and you know, maybe maybe it's for the best. Like, maybe I could actually spend my time, you know, like, I, I, I get DVDs a lot, young, young Joe Gagne. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, of course, I sat there, and I got all this, like, stuff from April. Like, I got, like, this New Japan stuff, like Tanahashi Nagata. I got, you know, like, I got some All Japan, some Carnival Tournaments. I got some, the last two Dragon Gate TV shows. I got, like, three Noah shows, including some Brian Danielson stuff. That stuff goes to the side, man. The hustle love goes on top. And now I guess I'm just going to have to sit there and probably not watch any DVDs at all and just watch season two of Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I just got got WWE 24-7, so I look at stuff like TNA, and I'm like, you know, TNA not only has to compete with with other wrestling brands and MMA and 
and what have you. Uh, you know, it has to compete with 24-7 mainly with me. And, and I see, it's like, hmm, do I watch, uh, you know, NWA from 1985 and World Class and, and Monday Night Wars from 97, ECW from 95, or do I watch uh, Eric Young and uh, Bobby Roode? Yell at each mm, other. That's a, that's a tough. What, what do you actually end up doing, John? I usually go with the uh, the, the the old stuff. Body the non uh, You know. Rip. You know what? Have you been Have you been watching the uh, the world class stuff on there though? Yeah, I did catch the uh, the last episode with uh, with the uh, the Kev, Kevin Von Erich talking about uh, addictions and uh, Brian Adidas and everything else, and you know. It's just it's 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 a weird it's a weird show to watch because you sit there and it opens up with like PSA is the way he is now yeah. and like Kevin Von Erich and it just it just you know it just there's something not right about that picture for no. some reason or another to me you know not because all oh, the free birds of Von Erich just because like here's PS like wearing like a tracksuit yeah. you know I don't want to think about PSAs in a tracksuit. I don't necessarily want to see him in like jeans showing like his mom like ass now, but you know, I, I just want to see, I want to see more rock and roll and stuff like that. Like I want to see how he was after WrestleMania 22 last year at the WrestleMania party where he had on the pimpest suit that I've seen outside of the South side of Chicago. I mean, he had, it was powder blue and I believe it was a fluorescent pink shirt. I mean, the guy totally looked like a fucking pimp, and it was it was fucking outrageous. And here he is doing the stuff in a tracksuit. Dress up a little bit for the role, man. Come on. Well, well that's how it works. I love I love twenty four seven. I actually did get it two months ago. Yeah. And I I originally held off because of the worry that it would possibly cause friction in the Lipinski household. And uh, thankfully, the wife has been a lot busier at work, so therefore, no friction whatsoever. So Sweet. God bless twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I'm just upset because today's 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 the day that we're supposed to be getting new programming, and I come home today, and there's no Monday Night Wars for this week, or there's like I think there's like five shows on, and oh. so it's like sort of like oh, well, does this mean I have to watch ECW from last night? Fuck that. <laughs> I believe I have the new Monday night, uh, including a random house show from 1988, which I can't wait. Ooh, I think I'm going to check that out as soon as we're done with this interview in two and a half hours. So, <laughs> well, like know. two and a half minutes, but because uh, I'm all done with uh, with topics. What are, you, what are you talking about? There's always plenty of topics to talk about. We could talk about so. Semper Vivi some more. Who? Oh, that's true. No, huh? not my coffin. I, 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 you know what? If we have two and a half minutes left, I have to ask you this. I, I want you. Yes. To come yeah. to Chicago for yeah. TPI this year. Oh my! You know, because it's going to be awesome. It will be awesome. Because you've been you've been to Chicago before for stuff. Yeah, for the uh, another TPI. Uh, why Why not come back? Why not? Indeed, I wanted to come you back know, last year. Things kind of I kind of waited uh, to the last minute, and uh, you know things just waited too long. But now, you know, maybe if now, I plan yeah. ahead, it could happen. I, it possibly could. I, what I want to do is I want to have, I want to have you. Yep. I want to try and get some for BB involved as well. As though, although I know there's some friction between you two guys hmm. and Barlow and the four of us driving around lost around with Lothian, Illinois. Oh wow! And I, I, I think we could get some unification there between the Semper Vivi and Gagney families and possibly enjoy a delicious milkshake somewhere. Huh? So. Or a steak and shake, you know. I, I, I just think I think it, 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 it's shaping up to be a good tournament, 
keep in mind the announced lineup so far is shaping up to be a good tournament. What actually ends oh. up happening, that's a totally <laughs> different thing. But, uh, you know, if, if, they, if they keep on keeping on like I think they will, I mean, this could be an incredible show, and I think, I think you should come out for a show. I'm willing to let you, you know, come here. You could possibly crash at the House of Lipinski. <laughs> possibly. You, know, you just can't touch any of my shit. Like, if I, mm. if I see that that Von Eric board game was played, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> You know, or if I see if I see you even look to try and find where the PPH lottery machine is, you know, I'm oh. you know, I'm going to be very cross. All right, but well. uh, no, I, I'm I'm I, I've I've already given the invitation to Semper Vivi, and I want to make sure that you got it as well because I, I I like you, Joe. I like I like listening to your show, or at least having someone tell me what was on your show and me sitting there going, oh, that sounds cool. I'll probably listen someday and never listening. So excellent. All right. Well, I will take that under consideration. I will do my best to to make this happen. And uh, and, and if and if, if if it makes you want to come anymore, we'll find my Coughlin and you can punch him like a monkey. Sweet. In the back of the head. So yeah, I, totally. Awesome. Totally. That should you happen. Know. So why don't you plug everything you have to plug at? Uh, you have you you have I, uh, many shows to plug. Uh, of course, the uh, Doctor Keith. And Bill Barlow Road Report. Uh, definitely check that out at f4wonline.com with small little mini interviews with Jack Evans from the Heavens, Mark Briscoe, Joey Eastman, absolutely tan Joey Eastman, and Mike Quackenbush. So it's a fun little, I think, I think it runs about 90 minutes. It's a fun little show, some talk about professional wrestling and, uh, not as much, not as much wackiness as the first road report because we weren't driving in a car for 12 hours. So it's it's something it's something I'm pretty pretty happy about, and uh, it's up now right now for members at f4wonline.com. If you're not a member of f4wonline.com, what the hell is wrong with you? It's it's some money f- form. I, I don't really know. I think it's what 7.99 now. Uh, something like that. It, it, it's worth it's worth your money just for the wonderful board. So definitely, sure. or, or, or semi-wonderful board. I, I, I go back and forth with my love and hate of the board. So, you know, I, it's more like board ambivalence. But uh, yeah. with, with all the audio shows that you get, uh, that Cubs fan, that bastard was on uh, Brian's show today uh, talking about monkeys and lucha. So right there, if that isn't worth seven ninety nine a month, I don't know what is. Yeah. Oh, just so, to uh, clear, uh, I want to clear up a rumor. I have not been traded to F4WOnline.com. The deal was myself for Admin Tony. We demanded Admin Tony, Brian's friend Craig, and uh, three board posters to be named later. The deal fell through, so don't believe it. Wow, wow! So they were going to give up Admin Tony? Yeah. For me. Okay. How about this? Admin Tony, Mike Coughlin, huh. and a box of Omaha steaks. All right, you keep Mike Coughlin. It's a deal. I'm gonna to have to pull this off the table. Oh, well, sorry, man. There may be a lesson here. I don't know what it is. I, I think I think the lesson learned is is after about 60 minutes, anything can become funny for no reason. <laughs> that's so. very true. And that's hey, why, coincidentally, that's why you should check out f4wonline.com. That's right. And we are coincidentally over the 60 minute mark. But I want to thank you for being on. Great time as always. We'll get you on again uh, in the near future, and maybe we'll we'll finally meet in person uh, in the the fall and the lovely TPI season. 
the the leaves will be falling. It'll be glorious. The only the only thing that you know, I, I'm still going to invite you, even though I might be in New Orleans on a bachelor party. But if so, if so, you could still come to the bachelor party with us because oh, there'll probably be more wrestling down there. <laughs> All right. On that note, I thank you very much for being on. I usually ask if you have any final words, but uh, I don't want to make can, this. Can up. I have some final words? I've actually prepared a song. So. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm kidding. I don't have a oh. fucking song. Oh. Come on, man. I just, I'm not. Wouldn't have, if you want to hear songs, definitely check out the Road Report show this week on F4WOnline.com. Uh, coming up on the show, I believe I will have the tag team known as Arrogance on sometime in the next few weeks to talk about the DDT4 tournament for Pro Wrestling Gorilla and, of course, the Chris Cadillo Cup 2006 for IWA Mid-South. Uh, I believe I'll have some ROH guests coming up very shortly as well and uh, some surprises and, of course, a big UFC guest coming up. So it's going to be another exciting month. We just finished with our All-Star Month talking with Brock, talking with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Luke Cuomo, and a bunch of guys this week. So it, it was a hell of an April, and I can only hope May really, really ruins it for a lot of people. So yeah, but, uh, that's Joe, fun. Joe, yes. thank you so much for having me ruin your show this week. Hey, it's always a pleasure. You need, your show needs to be, oh, my show needs to be ruined sometimes. Everyone's does, but again. Well, that's why you got, you got to get it like an Italian guy, huh? Yeah. Well, anyway. Hey, I, it's a me. It's the Sahavivi. <laughs> oh, where's the edit button? Roberto <laughs> Lashley has nothing on Sahavivi. <laughs> well, let's, let's call Mike right now. Let's, let's, let's get, get all this hostility out between you two boys. Maybe we should. Maybe we should, but, uh, because I, I feel this is like a, I feel like like that you uh, being the youth and stuff like that. That you're like the dynamic dudes, and I feel that he's with his smoothness and richness and skill in the industry is possibly the Midnight Express, and I feel like James E. Cornette. So that's an appalling comparison. But at the same time, at the same time, look what happened to those dudes. Yeah, yeah. one of them's in rehab, I think, and the other one's running the WWE. So. So think about that. Which dude do you want to be? <laughs> Who indeed? So on that note, I will uh, encourage everyone to visit JoeVersusTheWorld.com. Should I say something else here to try and keep, keep the show going longer? Uh, I'm going no. to no, let you go because I'm going to go grill some chicken. That's great. So everyone visit JoeVersusTheWorld.com, TheCubsFan.com for a full archive of shows, including all of Keith's prior appearances. Keith, uh, you're cut off for the night. Uh, so that's going to do it. I will be back episode 52 probably this weekend. Me and Justin Shapiro viewing the condemned. Uh, uh, Wrestling Observer. Like WrestlingObserver.com's own Justin Shapiro. Damn. It's fixed and nailer. You guys can talk forever about global, but Lipinski's all of a sudden gets on a roll. All right, you only get 70 minutes instead of the 100 we had before. So, on that note, I thank everyone for listening, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>